0: and help your child express their needs safely without punishments, yelling, or coddling. If you wanna know the answer, you're in the right place. Hello, hello, guys. Megan Thompson here with Megan Thompson Coaching. And I wanted to speak with you today about a theme that, that we're hearing about with parents. And this is not something that's new. Uh, we, we often hear this from parents, but When we're speaking to parents about eliminating the meltdown cycle and helping their highly sensitive children express their emotions safely without big behaviors, we hear often from parents who are wondering whether or not what their child is doing right now is developmentally appropriate. And so I wanted to speak about that today. And, um, and, and get real with you about it and, and get you the clarity that you need. So one thing that I, th- I think is super important for parents to understand is looking at developmental needs of your child in the context of whether or not they fit the highly sensitive personality trait. So we all know that if your child is highly sensitive, they are experiencing the world in a deeper level. Um, they are looking at the world with many more details than uh, the average person. Again, we know the statistics, highly sensitive people are about 20% of the population. And what that means is that they're thinking about things deeply, they're feeling things deeply, they're responding to things deeply, experiences, and they're processing life dif- deeply. It also means that they're easily overstimulated. They are emotionally reactive, it can be, and are at times more empathetic than others. And what that means is that they're more sensitive to subtleties, and so they can be more sensitive to subtle emotions or subtle sensations. And um, for parents of, of highly sensitive children, especially if you have a young child, six and under, you may be wondering whether or not your child's intense emotions are Normal, typical, or just a phase. And so, what we're going to be doing at this point is discussing what a pattern is. Uh, what is developmentally appropriate for any child? We'll run this span uh, fourteen and under today in in today's conversation. And um, adolescence is a different story, and we'll you know we, we would tackle that in a different uh, video. And um, and so, with that being said, we're going to address that, and then also know what you need to be doing to to a, to fix it now. If your child is dealing with intense emotions that lead to daily outbursts, daily hitting, daily screaming, daily yelling, daily threats to hurt themselves, daily threats to hurt other people, then your child is not exhibiting developmentally appropriate behavior. A child 2 and under should not be having daily meltdowns. Okay? So even children who are from 0 to one, one and a half have days without screaming their heads off, okay? And highly sensitive children are not different, though their days are less. And when we when we consider most highly sensitive children, a lot of parents are, witnessing their highly sensitive children to have intense moods in the womb, (laughs) okay? And so when we think about what parents are wondering about regarding their high sensitivity, their child's emotional reactivity, it's important to understand that there's a big difference between the impact of the environment and your child's innate emotional reactivity. So. When your child is going through the developmental phase of expressing emotion whining crying outbursting you know just being able not being able to have words to communicate beyond before age two or even you know two two and a half is when your child's language skills are exploding then it makes sense for your child to be communicating through crying because they don't have the words right and with that being said In between ages two and four, your child is developmentally expected to meltdown, have a sensory meltdown, have an emotional meltdown, where the world is too much and they have no control over their body. But what we need to think about in terms of what's appropriate and what's a phase and what's developmentally expected is intensity, frequency and duration of those meltdowns. And so when I work with my clients and we look at dissipation of those meltdowns over time, that's what I have my clients track. We track the data. And what's super important to understand is that children ages two and up do not need to be having daily meltdowns. And we've seen time and time again in working with the families that we work with, whether in my private practice or in the coaching business that children ages 2 and up are not having daily meltdowns even when they're highly sensitive so because this is our specialty I say that definitively and you can argue all you want but you're wrong so with that being said the next thing to understand is what is a phase right and so what I advise my clients and my clinicians to understand is that anything that lasts two weeks or more is is not a phase it's a behavior pattern that needs to be addressed So let's think about this. If your child has not exhibited any major life changes, then you're dealing with something that is not a phase and it's a behavior pattern that needs to be addressed. Now, guys, a lot of you are saying, well, my kid is in the middle of a pandemic. That's a major life change. And it's also true but that major life change has been going on for six plus months at this point, depending on when your state or country went down on lockdown. So that's an environmental condition now, okay? And what that means is when you have an environmental conditional change in your child's life, if you're not taking action to change that, then your child's response is likely due to trauma rather than due to a phase. and. It's important to understand that if you're not taking action to shift the daily meltdown cycle, if, if this started to develop with the pandemic, then your child's behavior will perpetuate beyond the pandemic. And, um, and this is really important to understand for you as a parent because environment in your home, while going to change, your child's skill development is happening now. Your child has developed skills to meltdown freak out be be upset because their world has been flipped upside down and their brain is building the neural pathways to be more readily than not on high alert and like it or not your child is right now building the skills to freak out and they are not developing the skills to stay settled if you're not addressing it regularly So when we work with our clients in the middle of a pandemic and we see children decrease and eliminate the daily meltdown cycle with the structure and support from their parents, then it is not a pandemic that is causing this issue, okay? Because if it was, then we would have no success with our clients right now. And that's just simply not the case. So knowing what's going on for your particular family, I think it's really important because often what we see is, is, At least one parent in a two parent pair is like, yeah, Meg, I get it. Like, this is exactly what's going on in our family. And I just can't seem to get my spouse or co-parent on board. So let's talk about the stats. Okay. The stats are that if your child is melting down for two weeks or more on a daily basis or multiple times a day basis or multiple times per week basis, that's a behavior pattern if it's going on for two weeks or more. And that's something that you need to address immediately. If your child is saying that they wish that they would die or that they wish that they were dead or life would be better off without them, that's something you need to address immediately. That is not a phase and that is not something your child will grow out of without immediate and systematic support from parents. Okay, and sometimes, depending on the case, also with intervention through a local professional and a mental health professional. Uh, now I say that specifically for highly sensitive children, that is not true for highly sensitive, for non-highly sensitive children. Non-highly sensitive children need direct and specific intervention right away from a mental health professional, but without parenting support and a total shift in the parent-child environment, likely, it's much more likely that the child's support from a mental health professional will fall on deaf ears or take forever to turn around because of the way that the highly sensitive brain works highly sensitive brain works from shifting from the outside in rather than the inside out. And if you don't have the systematic support and the environment set in place, then the mental health support that you've got lined up for your child will fall flat and take forever. So that is super crucial to address if your child is currently expressing suicidal thoughts. There's no way around it. Your child's life is on the line. Now I speak to that specifically because this is our specialty and this is something that we help clients do both locally and, and internationally. And I have never seen um, success in another way when, when, um, in terms of, of families that come to us. So knowing that, it's very important to understand that the research that, that speaks to supporting children with intense emotions is definitive there is no wiggle room in understanding that highly sensitive children who are expressing life risky behaviors or life threatening behaviors need a change in their parenting style hands down flat out no way around it so what do you need to do one of the principles that we teach is that you have to stop punishing now It's important to understand that punishing is any way, shape, or form that takes away privileges that creates a system where your child is having a shame response because shame is a higher likelihood in your child's emotional experience on a daily basis because they're highly sensitive. Highly sensitive children are more prone to shame. You cannot use shame-based parenting to get your kid to stop melting down. Has to stop immediately. So what do I mean by that? The quick and dirty version around that for you right now, today, is that you might be wondering, well, you know, if I feel like I did a poor job, or if I feel guilty about what I did, or I feel guilty about how I behaved, then I do something different. And you know, maybe I was raised that that way, so it worked well for me. And my response to you is, no, it didn't. And so let's talk about that, okay? if you in your job and your boss is mad at you for what you did didn't like what you did in your in your work and they take away privileges maybe you lose the ability to park in the parking lot or you lose the ability to set your own schedule or you lose the ability to manage other people or you lose the ability to work independently and now your boss wants to oversee your work Uh, you have to write more memos or you have to um, you know have be supervised in your position do you work harder because you feel like you're capable of doing a good job and you feel like an awesome person who will always do, you know, and life will work out well for you? No. You work harder because you don't want to lose your job. So you're working harder in that moment out of fear. Now, what does fear do? Fear perpetuates shame and fear perpetuates frustration, worry and freakouts. So if you're trying to help your child stop the meltdown cycle, and you parent through punishment then you're perpetuating the freak out meltdown cycle okay so you're in your own loop of ineffective behavior yourself so if you're trying to get your kid to get out of that loop but you're doing the same thing that's keeping them in there it's the definition of insanity guys doing the same thing and expecting in ineffect- expecting a different result so you got to stop it you got to stop that so Next thing that you need to do is shift out of the understanding that fear or shame or guilt drives behavior and shifts behavior effectively. What brings the understanding that you have stability? Good work, good hard work, right? But with that being said, what gets you to believe in your good job stability? Because we're going through, you know, what if your boss is responding in this ineffective way for you? Your faith in yourself. Not in your faith in your boss, boss. Not in your faith in your ability to do good work, but in your faith in yourself to to have to handle problems, to to solve anything that comes across your plate, that comes across your desk, etc. So, when you take that and you apply it to your child, because one of the reasons why parents use shame-based parenting or punishment-based parenting is because they think that well. You know you're going to feel bad about doing a good job at work you're going to need to learn this lesson early that doesn't that logic doesn't track the logic doesn't track guys you don't work harder because you need to keep your job you work harder because you know you that you're a good person you feel capable of solving problems and you want to do a good job because that's what a person of high quality character does they provide high quality work or they figure it out they ask for help they seek supervision they get better at their job right so the only reason that you're doing good work if you're nervous about losing your job is because you're nervous about losing your job now let's think about how that affects parenting if your child is only is doing work doing the work in the house doing you know following through on your expectations that's what it you know translates in the metaphor here if your child is following through on your expectations because they're fearful what are they fearful of they're fearful of your lack of love of your lack of approval they're fearful of loss of your relationship with them so what happens you're holding your child's faith in your love for them over their head to perform at their job in their household in your household and that in and of itself perpetuates the very reason why your child is melting down on a daily basis so what solves the problem getting on the phone with us and figuring out what works all right. We will talk you through what steps you need to take, how to break out of the meltdown cycle and whether or not we are here to help you do that. And if that's the right fit or if there's something else that will perpetuate the, the solution more effectively for your family. That might be therapy. It might be change in your parenting strategy. It might be more information to get you more on board. It might be a different route altogether. We don't know until we talk. And that's why we offer those calls. OK, have a great day, guys. I got to head out. (laughs) We'll talk later. Thank you for joining me on this episode of how to parent your highly sensitive child like a ninja. We release a brand new episode every week. So be sure to click subscribe. If you like what you've heard and you're interested in seeing if you're a fit to work with us at MTC, here's what I want you to do next. Head on over to meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash call and book an appointment with our team. We'll get on the phone for about 60 minutes and we'll get you clarity on where you're stuck in parenting your sensitive child or teen, what your goals are for supporting your child's development. And if we can help you, we'll get you started on knowing exactly what to do to eliminate that meltdown cycle. Eliminating the daily meltdown cycle does not happen by itself. You need expert guidance to make it happen. And we've helped hundreds of clients from all over the world end that cycle in as little as eight weeks. So To see if we can help you do the same, head on over to MeganThompsonCoaching.com backslash call. I'm Megan Thompson, and we look forward to speaking to you soon.